Hi, I'm Greg Lefebvre, creator and host of the Compulsive Storyteller podcast. Welcome to another segment of Pass the Mic, where once or twice a month, we invite a talented guest with a great story to join us on the pod and tell their story. I'm excited to introduce today's guest, Haida Hetri, an incredibly accomplished artist with whom I've been friends for over 20 years. Her work's been shown all over the world, including some very eccentric and unconventional places like Mona, located in Tasmania, Australia. Many people have written about her work in four different monographs and countless articles. She's collaborated with many significant thinkers, writers, poets, and artists, including Steven Pinker, Franz Wright, and Carolee Schneeman. She's also created the polarbearfest.org and invites everybody to come out to the Great Lawn of Central Park if there's enough snow to make a polar bear and demonstrate the participants' unhappiness with the way environmental policies are being carried out. Welcome to the show, Haida. Hey, Greg. Very happy to be here. Good. Um, so to begin with, tell us your story about when the police found body parts in your refrigerator. Mm-hmm. So I was working in my studio and I heard obnoxious knocking on my door. I went downstairs and on my way, I heard an enormous loud noise. I hurry up and see what is going on. And somebody had knocked over a bookshelf that was in front of my window and a man dressed in a black uniform and with a gun uh, was trying to get into my apartment. And at the same time, I heard somebody yelling, open the door now, now, this is the police. And if I didn't hear that, I think I would have thought uh, somebody is uh, robbing, going to rob the house. Right. Um, and but I was when I realized that this is the police, I was completely annoyed and pulled open the door and yelled, how dare you to knock over my bookshelf and yet let yourself into my apartment? Uh, and they were totally rude and said, uh, you probably know why we are here. And I said, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, this must be a misunderstanding. You cannot come in my apartment this way and I stood in the door and blocking the entrance and a female officer came from the from behind to the front and said yes we can and she grabbed me by my arm and five heavily armed police officers pushed just back and passed us to enter my apartment and I saw then that there were lots of police officers in SWAT uniforms. SWAT, SWAT uniforms, uh, yeah. SWAT, SWAT uniforms outside and surrounding the house. And the five policemen inside started searching around frantically. And suddenly one of them yelled, I found it! And they went downstairs. The police tracked me down as well. The woman and uh, still holding my arm tightly. And although this situation was totally scary, uh, but the officers were completely upset when they opened the freezer. Uh, I, I heard them 
horrified and I heard this disgusted noises. What they believed to see was a flayed baby and a flayed human head and a decayed head of a woman. One asked suspiciously, uh, can you explain this? And I said, yes. Uh, and I was not scared anymore because it was clear this is artwork. And I said, this is easy to explain. This is my artwork. And I described to them that um, I, I freeze huge pieces of meat and then I carve them into shapes of beings, for example, in the shape of a baby or a human bust. And uh, when I wanted to pick up the decayed woman's head, the police officer pulled me back and I said, I just want to show you that this is a clay armature and I cover it with untreated pig skin and put pig eyes in it and meat for the mouth and everything is from the slaughterhouse and it's all not real. I mean, it's real, it's real material and that is why it looks so real, but it's it's not what you think. And I use pig skin because it actually looks like human skin and pig eyes, they look like real human eyes. And uh, they even come in the same colors as ours. And I use beef for the sh in, and in the shape of a mouth. It looks just like a human mouth. And it and then I started to get scared again because it seemed to get really serious. She she held me tight on my arm, and the the officers looked at me like I'm a serial killer. And I said, um, you know what? There's a monograph about my work. And I, I have it upstairs and I, I just get it. And she said, you are not going anywhere. And the police officer grabbed me even harder. And I said, come on, look a little closer. You must be able to see what I'm telling you is true. And they wouldn't. They were absolutely convinced that I'm uh, a criminal. And I described one of them where to find copies of my book and when he came back so he got it and came back with almost a smile on his face in any case it was not so uh, crazy looking anymore and i know i wouldn't accidentally be killed by the police that day mm, wow what a close call so what i'm thinking is maybe we should um Talk a little bit about your life as an artist. Yeah, where do you want to start? Well, let's see. When, when did you first start making art? Uh, so I grew up on a factory farm and pig farm, which may explain my affinity to the material. And these heads, which were in the freezer, they were documented in a book, which was called Heads and Tales. And I made 27 of those heads and invited writers my admire to make them alive in writing a fictional story about them so that has become a beautiful book of short stories nevertheless it wasn't received that well people freaked out at a book signing for example somebody turned the the, the book around so that you wouldn't see the cover i think i was at that book signing and um does the cover have a it has a, a, one of your faces 
up yeah. close, but there's also flies yeah. around the mouth. Yeah, yeah. And I, I you know, I, I found it intriguing because I know you and I know your work, but I'm sure that some people um, would be would have a hard time accepting yeah, they, it. They so. freaked out. They yeah. looked at me like like they thought I'm crazy, and they ran out of the gallery and were really uncomfortable. But that was the problem. I, I wanted to communicate. I wanted to make people aware of how we treat animals, for right. example, or how we use and abuse nature. And I was thinking, what can I do to not freak people out, still address what I want to address? And I had the idea to um, use something what everybody likes and came up with the idea of flowers. Everybody likes flowers. Mm -hmm. And... They make me even happy. And I was always wondering why. And that was another reason why I made that book, um, in which I use, again, waste material from the slaughterhouse, but this time like innards, awful uh, tongues, hearts, kidneys, but also sex organs. Right. And as you know, the blossom of a flower is the sex organ of the flower. And maybe, therefore, my awful flowers look so real. Which they, which they do. I mean, I have the book, and they definitely look real. I also gave them scientific names, scientific Latin names, so that every doubt whether this was a real flower or not would be pushed aside. When you translate the Latin words, you will know what material I used to make the flower. And the book is called... Uh, not a rose. Right. And um, I have, for that book, I have also collaborated with people. I have invited 100 prominent intellectuals, writers, and artists like Jonathan Safran Fur, Anthony Hayden Guest, Donna Haraway, Lucy Lippert, Kate Millett, Avital Ronell, Peter Singer. No, it's a very impressive list, yeah. 100 people in it, and they all they kind of address the question of the flower from a multiplicity of perspectives, gotcha. including anthropology, philosophy, psychology, sociology, philosophy, uh, philology, botany, neuroscience, mm -hmm. art history, gender studies, physics. All They came just all from... Uh, different places. You were pretty happy with the essays you got. Yeah. Okay. It's, okay. it's really beautiful. And if you if you um, have that book and read all the essays, you have really an idea about flowers. So many perspectives in it, like, um, for example, about the smell of flowers, mm. how smell actually works scientifically, why that has an influence on our being. It's really quite... Um, interesting this was um uh kind of ending my work with skin and after that i had a totally different approach i was very much suffering because i had lost two really important people in my life and i started a project which is now called icons in ash mm -hmm. and i for that i made portraits out of cremated remains of the people I lost. The interesting thing was that it totally consoled me. And I then 
offered that offered to make these portraits for other people as well, and they had the same experience. No, I've seen them, and I'm, I'm they're they're quite beautiful and they're quite realistic, and it's you almost can't believe the process you use to make them. So, so that's very interesting about about the portraits, and, and I also know that it, you you've started this very interesting organization called the Polar Bear Fest. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, I noticed when I did the Icons in Ash portraits that it is really awarding to make other people happy. And I noticed that again in February 2021, when the vaccine was not out, but everybody was very, very frustrated with the the situation, yeah. Situation, exactly. And I, my daughter was one of them, of the frustrated people. And I thought I'd make a little, little cat out of snow for her, take a photo and send it to her. And instead of making a cat, it turned into a polar bear. It was had two round ears. And I thought, how sweet to make a white bear and it looks just like a polar bear. And then I checked how a polar bear exactly looks so that I would be right. Anatomically be correct, yeah. So. Exactly. And then I realized the devastating situation of polar bears. I mean, they are, we have ruined their possibility to live in the way they always live. Yes. And therefore, I thought I use this to make people aware of that and also to address climate change in a kind of fun, community-building way. And now it turned into, what you said, Polar Bear Fest. And you can see a website which is called polarbearfest.org. And it's an idea that we come together on the Grand Lawn of Central Park, and snow and build snow bears together. If, right, if there's a big snowstorm, yeah. Snow, and if there's not snow, it shows that we really right. did a bad job cutting everything. And and I, the idea is that building snow bears is basically a creative demonstration. Our version of a march demanding an end to corporate military cop military state admission of greenhouse gases and I, I mean what we what I really want is to demonstrate for different policies and the nice thing what I like about it is that something positive is connected with something what we what we should care about right I think if you do something together, if you make something, if you create something, if you do it together with other people, it's a community building thing where you help each other to build the bear, uh, where you bring different things, where you might bring a, a thermos of tea and share right. it with other people right. when you are out in the cold and build them. I think that that would be just wonderful. I also invite people who make music or do performances in any way. It's supposed to be a real fest, a place where people get together. Some build bears, some inform about 
what we can do it's it's a as as a demonstration instead of marching through the city and saying we hate this what i really like about is the idea I, i want this to be not only in new york i want everywhere on the world people to build snow bears right which look like polar bears and may and, and every bear you see i want to stand for here is somebody who is really unhappy about what is going on in this world right and, and we want to change it i think it's a great idea so listen Heide, before we close um can you maybe tell listeners uh several things how they can get your books and also um maybe give some you already gave some book titles and could you share maybe your website or anything else you want um and and how people can join the polar bear fest too yeah okay so um my website is my name heide hartring.com so it's h e i d e h a t r y.com right that's correct and you can there's a, a shop you can order it right in my shop the books the books are called skin Great. heads and tails not a rose icons and ash these are the bigger monographs but there are more books there as well and the other website i made is for icons and ash where you can actually order a memorial portrait for your loved one i also do pets and we are now also on etsy and then the other website we have is polarbeerfest.org and there you can sign up you can um it it would be really great if people shared their um email address with us or how we can get in contact with them so when it snows that we can inform them that there's enough snow on the on the ground please if you make a bear take a photo and send it to us or take a photo and share it on our instagram page polar bear fest so haida thank you so much for doing this it's been great fun very happy to be here are you ready to tell your own story on the compulsive storyteller We're launching a new segment of guest storytelling, and we want to hear your stories. Email a voice recording to hello at thecompulsivestoryteller.com. I'll play selected stories on upcoming episodes. Try to be as clear as possible in your recording, and we reserve the right to lightly edit them for length and clarity. Leave your name or contact information in your voicemail or email, and let us know if you'd like the story to be anonymous. I can't wait to hear from you. The Compulsive Storyteller is now co-produced by Greg Lefebvre and Fadia Monserrat, who's also arranged the music and created the special effects. Emily Ramon does design, research, editing, and marketing. Peter Kakoma has made our theme music and for many seasons co-produced the show with me. If you enjoyed this week's episode, let us know. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Compulsive Storyteller, and we'd love to hear from you. This podcast is independently produced, so we really appreciate all your help and support. Share the show with your friends, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please leave a review. You can also check out our website, thecompulsivestoryteller.com, for more information. Thanks for listening, and if you didn't like this one, the next one will be another story. 
All characters and events portrayed in this podcast are based on my truth, with some names and facts changed for privacy. The conversations and dialogues are based on my best memory, but are not word-for-word recreations. Thank you.